Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller. You said that really fast. Sorry. That's all right. I'm Mark Hyde. And on today's episode... <laughs> oh, come on now. We're going to be jumping back into the conversation with our friend Morgan about leaving the LBGTQ lifestyle to follow Jesus. Mark Hyde, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. Hey, well, YouTube hey. saw us the whole time, well, so yeah, you know. But the the listeners didn't. So that's the, true. <laughs> it's that's all true. about the listener. We're not all about it. We're trying to do better because now We're I trying can to get close to yeah. you. Insta- or, Insta- Instagram. Instagram. I'm done. I quit. See, you are Freaking screwed YouTube. up. YouTube. YouTube. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're back with part two with Morgan. To, I am to, so to excited. Keep continuing oh, with goodness. this conversation. So I say the story has been let's so amazing. Not so waste much. any time. If you're jumping into the podcast for the first time ever with this episode. Pause, stop, go, go back, back to part one. 192, episode 192, and then part listen one. To that, listen then to that, jump then into come this back, and then listen to part two. So we have a few, a little bit of housekeeping. We're not drinking coffee, so we can... We're jumping right back that. in, baby. We're drinking water. We're continuing, we're continuing the conversation. We're continuing the conversation. But we have a review, and it's my favorite subject of all. The title is Holy Spirit Activate. Activate. <sighs> Dude, activate. you know, Holy Spirit, activate. This is what activate. happens when you let crazy activate. white ladies on Family Feud, man. It just never ends well. I loved it. It though. never it ends was well. Hilarious. So, uh, Holy Spirit, activate. TB seventy three. Great show. Great conversation. Easy to listen to. Very likable host. Hey, that's us. It's real talk, and it helps me so very much. Thank you guys for doing what you do, and thanks to you. Thanks to you. I get weird looks. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Thanks to you, I get weird looks at work when I start yelling, Holy Spirit, activate. That's dope. Holy Spirit, activate. Why do you activate. do the dance, bro? Activate, because she did the dance. We don't want people on YouTube to go away it. yet. It's part of the... It, you got to do it, bro. It's just That's part true. of it. I'm giving, I'm giving you the same look Steve Harvey gave her. And He's was like, like, what the heck are you girl. doing? Girl. No, girl. Yeah, He's looking at her like, you crazy white people. That's really what he was saying. But what do you say we jump in... To the conversation part two and get Morgan back on at three, three minutes. Three minute mark. You got three that, Sabrina? Minutes. Bam. Dang. What's up, Morgan? Welcome back. Oh wait, 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 wait! I muted you. Oh, my bad, my oh, bad boss. Oh, you, you, why are you muting people? Hello. He said hello, hello from the. Hello. I, I might even try to hit that. Note. Hello from the other side. Okay, you just went from Creek to like Larry the Cucumber and VeggieTales <laughs> yeah. in one foul swoop. It was a transition, right? Wow. <laughs> if Creed was on VeggieTales, that's it, what that would sound like. I can oh. only imagine the Water Buffalo song being sung in a Creed. No, style. you're gonna. Everybody got Water Buffalo. Where'd you get them? I don't know. Everybody got Water Buffalo. That actually was freaking awesome. That was good. I actually would listen to that song. That's crazy, bro. Wow. All Covered right. by Fuller. Yeah, you know. I will say, I have found a new song recently. And you said I'm not random. You are. You're you're hyper right now. I actually found a new song. Well, it's actually not really new. It's been out for a little bit, but it's a. Um, I'm gonna make sure I don't say it. it's called "Say Amen." It's a country song, but in there, there's. 
I like country now. I don't. But Beth broke me. Yes, she did. She broke me. But it's there's a line in there about I met an angel in a rocky top hat, and I'm like, oh, that's Beth. I met an angel in a rocky top hat. Well, it wasn't like that. It's more like the pop country. But either way, you know, music is just really, really good, and you are wild, bro. I am jacked up on Peruvian coffee from last. Yes, you are. But But, dude, we got to jump back into part two of this conversation. Morgan, thank you for taking the time to be back on here with two crazy dudes in a basement. It makes me feel more normal. Cool. <laughs> you and good company, homie. Well, we can be uh, normal together then. <laughs> We're setting the yes. new trend for normal. <laughs> Everyone else be- is just being weird. Exactly. exactly. Thank you. Normal. It's like, right. we're not weird. You're just not on our level, man. Right. We're, it's weird to not be weird. We're, there you go. We're trendsetters. What can we say? <laughs> mm, mm. I always wonder what it felt like to be a trendsetter. Well, you're it's part of it now. It's <laughs> really not that exciting. I feel the same as I did before. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, man, dude, last week we had a... Um, dude, just hearing your story, I think that's part of the thing that Fuller and I are just enjoying this is the fact of we just get to hear the journey that you went on. Now, obviously, it's so stinking hard to wrap up, well, you know, what... Two decades, three decades worth of living into like an hour, two hours. So like at 45 minute mark, four was like, bro, we got to make this thing a two part because this is thinking awesome. And we want to make sure we give you the, the, just the time the that time, you need, right. you know, yeah, and, exactly. And so in last episode, we kind of put that pause on the fact of you're in, you're in junior, oh no, you were in junior high, you know, teetering with high school a little bit. Your parents just found out. I don't know what my, my, my son, you might are be going to get ice cream sure. at Kroger. And your mom kind of asked you, hey, are, are you feeling like you're gay? And you said, I don't know. You want any? You got the ice cream. You want to talk to your dad? All this has progressed. Now now we're at this crossroad of your parents know you are kind of on that journey to where you're, you're kind of going, going that lifestyle. So mm-hmm. let, let's pick up the story from there and let's get into everything. Let's get, mm-hmm. in, let's get into all the deets. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, out of that conversation with my dad, there was a lot of trying to find help. My mm-hmm. parents, uh, talking to some of the church leaders, talking to their friends, like trying desperately, um, to give me help that I needed, you know? Um, so there was a lot of counseling. Um, uh, there was a lot of hurt with the counseling. Uh, and it was just this continued ball of, I just feel confused about what's going on. Um, and, uh, like this was all through high school. Like there were parts, uh, there were like major time spans of depression. Um, there was a time of like one significant moment where I actually was thinking about just ending it all, like not mm. trying to start the podcast with a downer. Right. Um, but like suicide was on my mind cause I just, I didn't see any end to it. Um, I felt miserable. I felt isolated alone. Like I didn't feel like I fit in at my church. Like I felt like everybody was looking at me like, Oh, it's you. like, you're that kid. You know? oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm that kid, you know? <clears throat> so, uh, the rest of high school was, it was, it was really, really difficult for me. Um, and it definitely, and you were still homeschooled at the time, right? Oh, oh yeah. I, I was still living at home. So it was a consistent daily, um, being around my mom and knowing that, uh, I was struggling with this and my mom not having any idea what to do. Wow. Um, there was even one time where I was talking to my British literature teacher. You know who you are. I still love you. Um, uh, Brit Lit? 
And uh, uh, we went to have lunch because she noticed that something was wrong. And I was honest. I was like, you know, I'm really struggling with this and I don't know what to do. Right. Um, well, because it is her responsibility as a teacher to let the principal know that there is issues with a student, like serious issues. Um, she said that she was going to talk to me and my mom. Um, well, the principal decided to do it for her. Mm. Um, and uh, that that hurt a lot because I remember sitting in her uh, sitting in the office and her looking at me saying, you, uh, you're not to say anything. And I'm like, okay, I had no idea what was going on. Sure. And she looked to my mom and, and said, do you know that your son is considering being gay? And I'm just like, being gay. Jeez. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> I just sat there like shocked. Like I, if I remember correctly, I felt like I was, a, I was going to start crying mm. because I felt so betrayed. Like instead of coming and talking to me or coming at it from a more, uh, trying to get where I'm at standpoint, it was just more like a, Hey, your son is doing this smack smack, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, all through high school, it was, it was rough, whether it was at church, whether it was at uh, school and I don't mean like public school. I went to a co-op. Oh, we know um, those really well oh, here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I went to a co-op and so that when I say school, the once a week, right. They are not super consistent in my life. They don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, so yeah, it all the way up till high school. It was it was really rough. Mm. Um, once I got into college in my third semester, um, or once I got into college, that's when the whole world felt like it opened up. Like, oh my gosh, this is the real world. Um, and that's when I actually started. Um, uh, Sixteen was whenever I first acted out on it. Mm -hmm. Once I got into college, that's when I was like, all right, let, you know what? Let's let's that's do rip. it. Let's go on an adventure. Right. Um. And it was in my third semester where I actually fully like told my parents, Hey, I'm gay. Um, and I moved out against their wishes and s began seven years of honestly, like depression. Mm. It, it, it like, yeah, there were moments in it where I did feel happy, but I was, it was mostly a consistent state of depression. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's, yeah. Now, if you don't mind me great. asking, because, you know, I, I've had so many different conversations, you know, with, with students and college kids and, and even adults, too, that, you know, they, they, they come out as gay. And w whether or not they're Christians or not, a lot of times you hear them saying, oh, it was it was free. I can finally be myself. I can I don't have to hide behind this fake shadow of what everyone wants me to be. Can I ask is you said you were depressed in that regards, but do you hear other people saying that as well? Is was that experience that you did feel a little bit, or is that more? Do you think of just a facade? I don't, I don't know. I'm because I'm, this is obviously not something that that Fuller and I've ever had to walk through ourselves. Right. So we're just trying to understand. I'm asking elementary that. questions here. Sorry. Well, I mean, so initially, yeah, there was definitely that feeling of I'm free. You know, finally, I don't have to act a certain way. I don't have to put on the yeah, you can just do you and you, you exactly. are. Yeah. I could do whatever I wanted and I didn't care what people thought. You know, mm -hmm. it was that you're going to accept me for who I am or I'm not going to be in your life. Right. Um, and that was a very predominant um, uh, portrayal for people that I met when I was in the LGBT community. Mm. Um, the depression, um, looking back on it, actually was from the beginning. Like genuinely, I think it was actually even there before I went into the lifestyle um, because I felt like um, this was who I was meant to be. This was how I was made um, and I wasn't being fulfilled in who I was when 
now that I'm past all of it and I'm looking back, um, I was trying to force a puzzle piece into this hole that wasn't meant to go there mm. because that's where God was supposed to go. And so instead of trying to fit God into that hole, asking him to help heal me and help me understand where my struggle was coming from, I was just like, yay, there you go. Mm. You know? So that's definitely where I feel like a lot of my depression actually came from. Now, with a lot of other people in the SSA group, do do they have a similar story with that too? Um, or is every, I mean, every story is different. Every person is different. I know that. And I think that that would honestly be my answer. Um, I don't. I don't believe with any story, whether it's a struggle with um, SSA, whether it's drug addiction, alcohol abuse, sexual addiction. Um, lying, stealing, anything like that. Um, I don't think any per any two people stories are the same yeah. because I feel the way that we experience uh, what it is to be uh, disconnected with God and uh, him getting our attention again and coming back into relationship with him is different. Mm. Um, so with me, um, because I already didn't have a good relationship with my dad, um, because I already grew up around girls, um, I feel like my experience of embracing my struggle was different compared to other guys who um, some guys, they might've lost their dad or they were abused by their dad or they were sexually molested by a girl. Like mm. there's, there's, there are so many different reasons why um, a person would start accepting and uh, diving into um, their SSA um, than other people's mine. Mm. Mine is because of, multiple different factors. Do you think that all SSA from, from the conversations you've had within your group um, stems from um, the hurt and trying to fulfill something where they should have fulfilled it with God or, you know, that, that healing process that there was some sort of hurt or um, disconnect somewhere in their life, but it was really God filling that hole that should have taken that place rather than SSA or, or would you say it's still different? Um, so, no, actually, um, the group that I'm in, there's actually a study that they did on um, men that um, align themselves with being uh, with having same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a study done, um, and the connection to it was their relationship with their dad. Mm. Um, I don't have the actual numbers, unfortunately. Um, I've heard it a hundred times because I've had um, the opportunities to be able to go with one of the leaders of the group and actually go into the high schools and share my story and then talk wow. about it. But, I mean, I'm blonde, <laughs> yeah. so I have a bad memory. Um, <laughs> I just blame on ADHD. There's, there's definitely moments, um, or there was definitely a study that they had done about how at an early age, um, there needs to be a connection between the father and the son because the father is supposed to instill the concepts of masculinity to affirm them and them being a man or them being a boy. <clears throat> and for me, because I grew up with my mom and sister, I didn't get that um, intimate relationship with my dad. So mm. I didn't have that masculine influence gotcha. uh, predominantly in my life. Um, and so I'm not saying that that is the main reason because there are still, there are still people in the LGBT community that, they had really good relationships with their dads, but they're, they were still homosexual. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that it's, that is the whole entire answer. Like that's a problem relationship with dads. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, that was definitely a, um, one of the key 
issues that caused me to want to go into the lifestyle. Gotcha. So what were your relationships uh, like with, um, like, did you have any relationships with old Christian acquaintances other than your family, obviously? Um, but like, what was your view of God and of church during this time where you were living as uh, in homosexuality? <laughs> um, putting it, putting it, bluntly, I heard a laugh. I just heard a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Be blunt, um, homie. It bluntly, whenever I came out, I pretty much sent a big screw you to God. Mm. Um, I was like, I can't believe you would let me go through this. And even when I was in high school, I was like, God, why are you letting me struggle with this? Why do I have this struggle? Mm-hmm. Um, it's that darn kid that said, God, give me a testimony to witness. <laughs> <laughs> um, prayers. but like, I was really angry. Like, mm. I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to have the struggle that I had to deal with on a daily basis. Mm. Having to consistently deal with mental battles of my little demons saying, oh, you're different. You don't fit in. You're never going to fit in. You're never going to be normal. Mm. Um, and con- and consistently having this alienated feeling. Um, and so I was really angry. Um, and uh, as far as relationships with other people, nope, crossed them off. I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to hear what you have to say because I know that you're just going to try and shove the Bible down my throat mm. and I don't want that. So goodbye. Yeah. Um, over time there, I did um, talk to a couple of people that I grew up with in the church, um, but it was pretty much a, hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. You? I'm good. And then that's it. Mm. Like we didn't actually have intentional conversations or intentional relationships. And I, it was my decision. Like a lot of, so I didn't even have a a really good relationship with my family. Mm. Um, Whenever I, whenever I came out the first, the, the last time that started my seven years of being in the lifestyle, um, I moved out against my parents' wishes um, and tried as hard as I could not to talk to them and say, you know what? I can do this on my own. I don't need y'all's help. I don't need y'all's approval. Right. Um, Granted, being humbled, I moved back home um, because it was a really bad situation that I was in. And I was only in it for like three months. Um, But anyway, um, I moved back home. And then about half a year later, I got into my first serious relationship. And I said, hey, moving out. And then I moved out again. And then that was it. Um, Mm. I never moved. I didn't move back home. Um, I didn't talk to my parents. I didn't try to talk to my parents. I didn't try and get an understanding with them. I... I would say that I hated them as much as I hated God at that time Mm. because they never accepted me for who I was. They said that that's not who I am. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause I feel fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it, it was just a really bad relationship. Um, granted, um, the whole time my parents tried desperately to stay in communication with me. Um, they told me multiple times in the seven years, we still love you. Um, you're still our son. We may not agree with your decision, but our love has never changed for you. Mm. And I was just like, I mean, if you can't accept me for who I am, then you don't really love me, mm. you know? So I was I was such a selfish person <laughs> and so conceited and prideful. It, it was gross. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, do you feel like... Um, you wanted deep down, you wanted a relationship with you, with your family, but you, you just didn't because you didn't want, uh, you felt condemned or like they looked down on you because like, is that how you felt? I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Cause I know how I felt. And that was the reason why I didn't 
reach out to my family when I was in my craziness of life. Um, and so I'm just curious if your story is kind of similar in that aspect. Um, I definitely, I, I had gotten to the point where I was just so drained and tired of pretending, mm. believing at this time in my life, pretending that I was something when I wasn't and being heartbroken that even though I felt like I was this way, I didn't have my parents support. Mm. Um, because I grew up with my mom and dad, like, can like, obviously my dad, like in the last podcast, I explained that my dad worked a lot. Um, but I loved my mom. Like mm. I was like this with her. I told her everything in my life minus this part in high school. Um, until I told them that I was struggling with it. Um, right. But I was close with my mom and <clears throat> it, it was, it, it was hard. Um, looking back on it, I was super upset. Um, the night that I first moved out, um, like my friend that I went to move in with, like I was crying the whole ride because the night that I moved out, um, I wrote this really long letter um, and left it on my mom's desk. And it was for my mom and dad and saying that, I'm sorry that I've caused such misery in y'all's life, that I'm such a disappointment mm -hmm. and that I've made y'all so disappointed of me. Um, I love you. And I hope that one day you'll be able to accept me. Um, and I walked outside of the house and my mom and dad had just gotten home. And my dad said, I need the keys to the house. I need the keys to the car. I need your health insurance. I need anything that has my name on it. And I was like, okay. So I gave him everything and he looked at me square in the face and said, okay, have a good life. Wow. And then he um, just stood there. Um, my mom at the time wouldn't even talk to me mm. like she wouldn't. And she even had like, I don't remember her even looking at me whenever it was happening. Um, so that was it was definitely heartbreaking um, at the time. Me thinking that something so small as what I like to do behind closed doors was causing such a, a rupture in my relationship with my parents. And then coming back, I mean, was it, I mean, I'm, I'm fast forward and fast now, but with not, no, I will come back. Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash. I mean, the seven years aren't that important. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, no, no, no. I want to come back to that. But like when, you know, when, when you decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to deal with my same sex attraction. This is the one God has for me. Was the relationship able to be built pretty quickly then with your parents because of the fact that they were like, no, we're here for you. We still love you. You know, you're, you're still our baby. So I, I want to say that there were multiple times in the seven years where I had told my mom and dad, I want to come home mm. and I would get their hopes up and I would say, never mind me and my current boyfriend worked it out or me and my current boyfriends worked it out. Um, and they would just be heartbroken all over again. Um, it wasn't until 2018 um, Christmas when I told my partners at the time, Hey, I'm going to go, visit my family for the holidays since we don't really have any plans. And they're like, okay, so I drive, I was currently living in Tennessee. I miss it so much. Oh <laughs> man. Yep. You got a lot of Tennessee love coming from this podcast. I, I love Tennessee. So, so when much. I made the joke about the Rocky top hat, you know what I'm talking about. The Rocky top a Rocky. Hat? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, maybe they didn't hear. But, um, what part of Tennessee were you? East um, Tennessee, West Tennessee? Tennessee. Yeah, okay. No, Beth, Beth was Knoxville. So, Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know. I went to Knoxville a couple times. Yeah, yeah. No, I wish I, I could live Tennessee. there. All right, so anyway. you were anywho, you were traveling from Tennessee to go back, go back to home Texas. for Christmas to yeah. Texas for a moment. Um, <laughs> that long drive. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was rough. Yeah. It was fun. 
um, I uh, begrudgingly um, allowed myself to, and this is um, something that even to this day, I'm still working through because I've not talked to my partners about it um, or shared it with them, but I allowed myself to cheat on them. Um, which is a really, that was one, that was when I knew I was, I was low that instead of being a mature adult and talking to them about where I was, um, and sharing my heart, I would just go behind their backs and cheat on them. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, um, I get back to, um, Texas. Um, I get to my house, my parents' house, um, and they have the bedroom upstairs ready for me. And I'm like, okay, sweet. It was an addict. It had its own AC. It was soundproof. It was great. Um, well, I get back and immediately when I get back, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to see some of my friends from downtown Houston. Um, well, that's, I, I'm going to the neighborhood. you know, mm-hmm. there's friends that I knew that I hadn't seen that I was excited to see. And so I went and hung out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it was hard for them um, to see me going and wanting to see them instead of spending time with them. But at that time I still kind of felt uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I was like, you still don't accept me for who I am. Like, do, do you still, do you even really love me if you don't accept me? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I spent Christmas and new years with them and um, it was actually one of the key parts. And I've told my, my best friend about this. Um, one of my best friends who was part of that, I was friends with their whole family kind of deal. Um, I was at the Christmas Eve service with my family and I was walking around seeing everybody because I was like, oh yeah, I'm back. How you doing? I'm living in the lifestyle and I'm here in church. What you got to say about it? You know, it was, <laughs> I was, I was rubbing it in people's faces really. Yeah. Um, well, I started walking back to my parents and I see my sister and she's like waving frantically for me to come over. And I'm like, is someone having a heart attack? What's your problem? <laughs> um, and I see around the corner, um, my best friend who I hadn't talked to in like seven to eight years, oh, wow, turned the corner. And immediately when I saw him, I just started crying. Mm. Um, I ran up to him and we gave each other the biggest hug because obviously there was a decision that I made that he didn't agree with. And when we were in high school, we had promised each other that we would keep fighting against our struggle with each other. Um, he didn't struggle with the same thing. Let me, let me clarify that. Um, he had his own set of, um, struggles that he was dealing with and I had mine, but we Mm -hmm. promised each other that we wouldn't give up, that we would keep fighting against our struggles and that we would keep pursuing God. Well, I broke that promise. Um, Mm. and, uh, because of that, um, I hurt him really badly. Um, Mm. like I broke his trust. And so we didn't talk, um, until this night. When he walks around the corner, he just gives me this big hug. Um, I I was taken back for some reason. I don't know why. Um, with my parents treating me the way that they were, with my sister, who, when we were super young, we had a great relationship. We were uh, best friends. But as we got into junior high and high school, um, we just fell off. But having a great relationship with my sister and her husband, um is something just felt weird. It felt off. I don't, I didn't, I did I felt uncomfortable and I didn't know why mm. it wasn't that they were doing anything intently to cause me discomfort. It just felt weird. Um, so anyway, I spent new years with them and uh, I'm leaving at like four or 5. AM. Um, the day that I come back to Tennessee, 
Uh, I encourage anybody don't wake up at three o'clock in the morning to travel. It is not worth it. <laughs> um, but I called one of my partners and I'm just crying. And he's like, what's, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't feel like I should be leaving. Like, I don't feel like this is right. I don't feel this is what I'm supposed to do. And I don't know why. So anyway, um, I get back to Tennessee. Um, now I know I'm kind of getting off track, but this is where things get freaky. Like, um, God is physically making himself known in my life. Um, mm. and it's one of my favorite parts of my testimony. Um, I'm, so we're in a three story house and I'm on the third floor and I am just waking up and I hear this voice as crystal clear as I'm talking to you. It's time to go home. And I like pop my head up and I'm looking around. I'm thinking somebody's in my room and I'm like, Oh, well, it may have been person one or person two. Well, person two was at work and person one was on the first floor while I was on the third floor. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> you know, like Twilight Zone stuff is going on now. Um, but I just, um, I was like, okay, whatever. But my heart started giving me this really weird feeling. Like I couldn't get calm and I couldn't settle. And so I finally was talking to him and I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I need to move back home. And I made excuses for why I was leaving. Um, the main reason was because I, um, this relationship, there was a lot of abuse, um, emotionally, verbally, mentally, and physically, um, even some spiritual abuse, because even though I wasn't pursuing God, um, I was, I was defending God, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Like, um, one of the people was consistently talking about, like, if, if God loves us so much, then why are there people starving in Africa? Or why is there a water drought in Michigan at the time? I think it was Michigan at the time. Yeah. Um, like if God loves us, why is he allowing this stuff? You know? Um, and I was constantly like, like defending God to a point, but anyway, um, I was telling him that I needed to go back home. I didn't feel comfortable, um, that I needed to take care of my parents and they said, okay. And, um, I left, I packed all of my stuff up. Um, and I came back to Texas. Um, I moved back in with my parents, and, which is really funny because when I moved out the second time, I said, I will never move back in with my parents ever again. <laughs> and here and we are. And behold, I'm in their attic. Um, <laughs> not anymore. This is 2019. Um, we, we say no, never, and God laughs. <laughs> my mom did the same thing. My mom said, I will never move to Mississippi. And God's like, oh, is that what you're saying? And lo and behold, we lived in Mississippi. <laughs> never say years. never. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. So um, I moved back and my dad allowed me to start working with him. Um, he worked on a tool truck. And so I was able to start riding with him and working with him. And it was really uncomfortable because I didn't have a relationship with my dad. Mm. Um, at this point, I was like, I am single again. I'm free to do whatever I want. It's time to live it up. Like I was excited. Um, two weeks after I moved back, I had dinner with my first best friend. Um, one of my best friend's older brothers. It's part of that family again. Yep, they are yep. super consistent. Yeah, I'm glad y'all are tracking. They no, we're are tracking, we're tracking. tracking. They are super consistent in my life. I'm thankful for every single one of them. Um, I'm best friends with all three of the boys. It's really funny. <laughs> um, but I go and have dinner with them, and I haven't talked to him for nine years. Wow. Um, and so we're talking, and he's sharing about how God had done a miracle in his life, how he had changed his perception, that he had helped him get through a lot of the stuff that he had to get through in high school, junior high, and even college, um, that God was allowing him to work at the church that we both grew up at and how it was just amazing. 
And I'm sitting there just going, you know, I really don't want to hear this because it's just reminding me that God loves you more than he loves me. Mm. Um, and that the, he has this favoritism complex and I'm not his favorite. And I was just like, okay, cool, cool. Um, well, um, I was in a relationship, um, was gay, um, broke that off, came back to Texas, and now I'm living with my parents again. <laughs> um, and so it, it, it was a really, it, it was hard to hear that part, but the majority mm -hmm. of the conversation was really good. It was really good to talk with him. Um, we sat, um, uh, we went we went to a restaurant. Um, it's uh, called Pho Vivi, and it's um, Pho, um, and it's amazing. It was mm -hmm. one of the first times I've ever had it. But we were in the parking lot, parking lot, for until like two or three a.m. Wow. Like just talking. So anyway, um, we part ways. I'm driving home, and where I live, there's a lot of roads where they don't have street lights, so it's like super dark outside. It's mm -hmm. like the country, like um, welcome to the south kind of thing, you know. <laughs> um, and so I'm driving. The only lights that I can see are my headlights of my car, my dashboard. Um, and I have Pandora playing my pink playlist. Um, I was really big into pink. Um, and so I'm listening and I'm just chilling, you know, I'm driving. And literally out of nowhere, I hear this loud booming voice saying, I could change your life if you'd let me. And I start freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, someone broke into my car. I'm about to die. No one's going to know. I'm swerving all over the road. And I look. And because I'm thinking somebody's in the backseat of my car, right? Well, there's nobody there. Hmm. Like there's like, I am by myself driving in the middle of nowhere with no lights. And I'm just, I'm driving. I'm just sitting there like, what in the world is going on? My radio stops playing. Like just stops straight just right in the middle of one of pink songs. And out of nowhere, a worship song starts playing. I didn't listen. I hadn't listened to worship music for years. I had no desire for it. I didn't care for it. And the thing that's really frustrating that I had to wrestle with God with whenever I first moved back was I am, like I said in the last podcast, I'm really into music. I love music. I play roughly like 20 different instruments. I wow. can really write music. I love helping lead worship with my church. Um, like it, I'm big into music. So I, I'm on the outside looking in. You you both are the same in that regard. <laughs> My goodness. I don't remember the melody, the chord progression, the lyrics, anything about the song. Wow. And I, it drove me crazy because I'm like, I want to know what song you brought me back with. And he's like, eh, that's not important. I got you back. That's what that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it started playing and I started freaking out. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, I finally get home. And I came in through the front door. My dad was sleeping in the living room um, because he has um, he has he had sleep apnea at the time. And so he had to sleep prop, sleep propped up. Mm -hmm. And so he was sitting in this big lazy boy recliner um, asleep. Well, I go into the kitchen. I'm trying to be quiet and I get a glass of water and I'm like shaking because I, I, I almost died. I felt like um. And I turn turn from the fridge, and he's standing in the door frame, not saying a word. Like he's just staring at me, and I'm like, "I don't need any more jump <laughs> just scares." Give me, just give me a break, man. Um, he's like, "Hey, are you okay?" And I just start crying. 
like uncontrollable like hoover mm. dam broke in my eyes and i'm just bawling oh. and without saying anything else this is where my relationship with my dad actually started healing he comes up to me and he just holds me mm. he doesn't ask any questions he's not saying anything he is just holding me in his arms and he's just rubbing my back and i'm just sobbing uncontrollably um it was one of the most fulfilling things i desired at that time um because growing up i didn't it like my dad and i when i was super young we would roughhouse but once i started struggling with ssa it, it felt like there was no like that was off limits mm. like he didn't know i was struggling with it at the time but for me i was like oh i can't do it because i'm i'm struggling with this mm. um there was no intentional physical intimacy between him and me with him hugging me tapping me on the back or like shoving me playfully or anything once i was in high school and so for me to be in such a fragile state freaking out because i feel like i was about to die and my dad just coming up and giving me a hug was one of the most impactful things I had ever experienced from him. Mm -hmm. um, so long story short, uh, didn't have a really good relationship, but after one night started growing this amazing godly relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's such a redemption story and I'm so thankful for it. Mm -hmm. So, so you had this moment in your car then you had this moment with your dad. Where is your mind leading in the days after this? Where you're like, okay, I'm just putting that out of my mind, or like, oh my goodness, I got to figure this out. And then you start down that journey of what the heck, God? Like, where were you at? So the irony of it is, is that I went to have dinner with my uh, friend. I call him my brother. Like mm -hmm. all three of them are like my brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, I this is one had, of my brothers. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um. <laughs> So I had dinner with him and the next night I was going on a date mm. with a guy mm. that I had known whenever I first went into the lifestyle. Um, well, my uh, brother was saying, Hey, there's this college um, event going on tomorrow night at one of the guys' house. If you want to come here, more than welcome. And I don't know why, but I was like, you know, uh, let me, let me let you know tomorrow. Didn't even really get to tomorrow before I texted the guy and I'm like, Hey, it's not going to work. Blocked his number, blocked him on social media. Dang. Didn't reach out to him. I was like, I want to give this a shot see how it goes. And so, hmm. um, I went, there was a lot of people that, um, there was a handful of people that I had knew, known before I went into the lifestyle that they were like, Oh my gosh, Morgan!" like they hadn't seen or heard from me. So it right. was a really fun. Um, we had a really good time. Um, I remember that night I was driving home. And I was like, you know what, God, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm gay. I'm not going to say that I'm straight. Um, but I'll, I'll give you another chance. Um, the humor behind it is thinking that I had a right to give God <laughs> right? a chance when God's like, I don't know who you think is in control. I'm a big dog. Right. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'll give you another chance. And from that night on, has just been an onslaught of being redeemed for my past decisions, feeling worthy of, of his love, mm. um, feeling cherished and the intentionality that he had in designing me and allowing me to go through what I did and just day after day of just 
all this really crazy stuff that I didn't think was going to happen. I thought that I would still be in Tennessee at this point. Mm. Um, no, at this point, now I'm married to my high school sweetheart. I love you, baby. Um, <laughs> Get that brownie points. I'm sharing my journey of what I went through on a podcast. Like yeah. it's, it's just crazy to see how God brought me one day. I was living in a lifestyle that not many people come out of and come back to God mm. to now I'm desperately trying to share my story to give people hope that are struggling with this same sin and don't know what to do. Mm. And I'm like, Hey, it's rough, but it's possible because right. God can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's just crazy. And the relationship with my parents just being healed and stuff, it's it's great. So I loved hearing this this entire full circle redemption story that you have. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm wondering, <clears throat> I love what you just said. You, you said that, hey, you may not think it's possible, but I'm here to tell you I'm living proof that it is possible, the story of redemption. It's hard. It is hard, and it doesn't matter um, whether it's it's struggling with uh, SSA or struggling with drugs or struggling with you know pornography. It, it doesn't matter. There is a redemption side to God, right? And God God can help you through those times. And and yes, the the times aren't always easy, but He can He can still help you through those times and bring you back to Him and bring you back into uh, a lifestyle that is pleasing to Him. Mm -hmm. And I think the, I think it's really, I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult for people that struggle with SSA or homosexuality to come back to God is because, um, uh, first, this is not me bashing the church whatsoever. Sure. Um, it is definitely just an observation. Um, homosexuality is not, in my opinion, talked about enough. Mm. Um, because they're, there is a whole group of people that are in the church that are just struggling with SSA, right? Not actually doing anything in it, but just struggling with it because they're comparing themselves and how, how their femininity is or how their masculinity is compared to their peers mm. that are just living in agony because mm -hmm. they, they're, they're struggling with it. But because there's such a difficulty with the church talking about it, um, they, they just kind of suffer in silence. Mm. You know, because I mean, let's let's be honest. There's not a lot of of leaders in the church that have come out of this lifestyle that is like so horrifically destructive, right? Um, to a person and coming back to the church, right. you know, and, and what that they, whole recovery process looks like. I mean, that's. That's it's, different than, I mean, right. so, I, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking for not, not to cut you off. I hear a lot of times where it's sure. like, we'll just stop being gay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's what I hear about time. We'll just, that's, that's, that's just wrong. So just stop it. But, like, but I think, I don't think that's how it works. I think Morgan, you're hitting on something here. That's very important. And, and it's the fact that in church, right? So we, we say, okay, you, you know, you got this, this sin of pornography and you need to, you know, here's the five steps to overcoming pornography. It's this, this, mm -hmm. this, this, you know, support connect group, this, you know, they give you all these things that are help you get the support you need. But with homosexuality, it's just like, we'll just stop because it's an abomination under the Lord. Like that's what you well, hear. Or you can pray the gay away. There yeah, it is. There right. it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Right. I've heard people and say so that too. Yep. I, I, so many times, dude. I like what you're saying that it, it, it really isn't talked about enough. It is a sin, right? And, and mm -hmm. people do struggle with it. And it's just like every other sin. And in, in the fact that 
you ha- it's a journey, right? It's a journey coming back out of that sin and, and that healing process of um, not only of people, you know, because it's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we really got to rebuild trust with you now. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's healing that that person also needs to have happen too and some restoration on their part with God and with other relationships and, and you know, the way they view themselves and the way they uh, compare themselves to others, just like you're just saying. And, and I think that so often in the church, you we, we miss that. We miss that when it comes to the LBGTQ community. And that's one of the misunderstandings that I feel that the church has is that um, I remember in the first podcast that I had said that homosexuality does not start off as a physical sin. Mm-hmm. It starts off as a mental and emotional sin. And ex- what you're saying is exactly the struggle that I've had to go through since mm-hmm. I came back in 2019. My struggle wasn't so much of not having physical activity with guys. My struggle that I've had to deal with that to this day, you know, I still struggle with is, am I man enough? Mm. Am I, am I? Well, you're wearing a Batman hat, so I, I think you are. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a Batman fan, so what can I say? <laughs> my wife and I went to uh, Fiesta, Texas for our anniversary, our one year anniversary. So yeah. I got this hat and it's, I'm addicted to wearing this hat. I think I look pretty good. <laughs> anyway. Um, As Mark would say, you look dope, dog. No, it's fine. You look good. <laughs> Looks but fine, um, it, it, it's, it's been a process of having to see me how God sees me mm. because my whole life I was seeing the faults in myself compared to other guys. Yeah. Um, like I like thinking, oh, I'm not, I don't have big muscles. I'm not hairy. Like all these superficial things um, be, became an obsession for me on this is what I need to have in order to be a man or a guy mm-hmm. when in all actuality, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, and it has been a struggle the past few years to get to a point of understanding that physical traits do not define me as a man. Mm-hmm. My relationship with God and how I live according to how he has called me, whether it's a son to my mother um, and was my dad, he actually passed away in 2021 um, from COVID. So, but mm, um, being a godly son to them, respecting them the way that God calls me to as a child um being a godly husband making sure that i am being an example of love to my wife respecting her the way that god respects the church Mm -hmm. and that imagery of marriage that he explains um making sure that i am being a godly friend to the people that god has brought into my life whether it's encouraging them whether it's praying over them or whether it's just being somebody to be there to listen if they're going through a hard time the concepts that the world has placed on, sorry, I'm getting fired up now. No, this, is, this is my topic. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Um, the world has created such a stipulation on you have to be this, 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 and this to be a man. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, that's all crap. That's all a load of crap. Yeah. We're, what happens when we die? We turn it to dust and that's it. Right. Like our physical traits are non-existent anymore. The concepts of being a man is literally written out in the Bible. And that is what I've had to that is the battle that I have fought with Mm -hmm. is remembering that it doesn't matter how fit I am. It doesn't matter how hairy I am. It doesn't matter how masculine I come off as what really matters is how am I being an example of who God is Mm. to both believers and non-believers? How am I being a man of God in using my story that I have gone through and how God has and where God has brought me from to witness to the people that are struggling with it, that are in the lifestyle and to people that have no idea how to be able to talk to that group of people and ways to being able to encourage them to communicate with them because there is a big gap 
between the LGBT community and the church because there there is a lack of misunderstanding and not knowing what it's like for a person to struggle with this. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting way no, too no, heated out. No, 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 no. I, I'm, so, I, well, I, wait, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I hog it? Can I, just, I, hog it? I got another question for uh, <laughs> We got questions now, bro. It's going to be part three. I'm kidding, <laughs> no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so, so, you know, I, I hear two different thoughts going on in my head right now. It's the one side where it's the, uh, the, 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 the way some churches, I, I should say, okay, so trying to bridge that gap between the LGBTQ plus community and the church, there's generally two different routes. One is the fact of, no, we're going to love you and accept you because that's how God made you. And there's a seat at the table and, it, you know, who are we to tell you that, you know, that's not how you're supposed to live because that's, that's not really a sin. And there's a lot of argumentation for that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know people who I have relationships with who they're gay and you know they're they're lesbian. They have lesbian partnerships, and they're part of the church. They just found a church. I'm so glad I found God. I can worship Him the way He created me always to be. And I'm tired of being xed out. Like that's like one way churches handle it. And then the other way, it's not healthy either. Where it's the fact of like like you said, just pray the gay away. And so I kind of want to hear it from from you as our as I'm not gonna say our, our, it sounds weird, but the resident expert uh, to be like what. <laughs> That sounds Sorry. so bad, bro. But that's just what pops <laughs> in my mind. Of how should the church step into this gap? Like there is a gap, there is a divide, and you're walking it right now. You're you're fighting the fight. You ain't giving up. You're still part of the church. Like you said you're you know you're leading worship, man. Like so, how can the church step into this gap and both a love the gay community in the way that God calls us to love our our neighbor, but at the same time having the reality of we're like, well, God doesn't want you to live in the way he hasn't created you and, and knowing that calling a sin, a sin, but figuring out a way to step in and, and walk with that yeah. person through that, like any other sin that is in anybody's life. I know that's an easy question so, to yeah. answer, right? So, so easy. I'm just, <laughs> it's so easy. I'm just trying to softball homie. Here you go. Answer it. <laughs> um, that, so when I came back, um, one of the real, one of the revelations that I felt God was bringing me to or calling me to, was to help bridge the gap between the LGBT community and the church. Mm. Um, I still don't know the best way to do it. Mm. I, I don't because a lot of my journey of coming out of the lifestyle and transitioning from the mentality of a gay man into the mentality of a godly man. Um, oh, I like that. There's, 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 there weren't a lot of people that like they could listen to me. Um, and while I talked to them about what I was going through and they could encourage me like, Hey, God is proud of you. God loves you. Don't give up, keep pushing. But whenever it comes to actually processing the issues mentally and emotionally that I had developed when I was young, there's not a lot of people that can relate. And so it's hard. And the major, the majority of my journey, while there are key figures and key people that helped me with learning who God designed me to be. The only reason I've become who I am today is because of God. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest parts of why I, why I am who I am today is because I was willing to allow God to show me my flaws. Um, and I think that's a big issue for a lot of people that are in the LGBT community is that and I don't want to come off like I'm bashing them at all because I'm not. I I don't have a mean bone in my body, um, unless I'm playing video games with you. Then I'm completely different. <laughs> um, are going down. But 
That's competitive. That's different. I'm so competitive, dude. Like, my wife has yelled at me from the bedroom, quiet down, I'm trying to sleep. Yes. Um, but I feel like that's one of the biggest issues is that we, that the LGBT community, I say we as a past tense, um, but people that are in the lifestyle, they don't, we've been told that we are wrong our whole lives, mm -hmm. you know, and it's gotten to a point where we, we just want to live how we want to live. We don't want to be told that we're wrong. We don't want to be told that we're flawed, you know, loud and proud. Like that is the mentality behind it. Um, but we people that are wanting to pursue God and know that this isn't what he has in store for us are willing to let God come into our lives to maneuver through all the junk. Cause let me tell you, it was, it was uh, a hoarder, emotional hoarder. Like it's mm. rough. Um, but asking God and leaning into God to help us sort through the emotions of the trauma that I went through, like there was emotional trauma, physical trauma, um, sexual abuse. Like there's a whole past of, of struggles that I've had to work through with God. Um, but it was that willingness of allowing God to change me, mm -hmm. to show me the parts of me that were damaged, that were broken and being willing to give that up. You know, um, if y'all remember, I said that I wasn't going to say that I was straight, but I also said that I wasn't going to be gay. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 I wasn't choosing whether to be gay or straight. It was because I was allowing God to heal me and and show me the design that he intended for my life mm -hmm. that caused me to understand, oh, I am straight. It was my insecurities and my flaws that the enemy was using to make me believe that I was gay. Mm -hmm. And him isolating me and making me feel like I was all alone from the church that led me to being like, you know what? Screw off. I don't want anything to do with y'all. Right. Um, it's it i i think i answered the question I yeah no you're you you're fine you yeah, did you're so, good so i think you did good go uh, my turn your now. turn i'll, right. sh I'll shut up, I'll shut up. <laughs> i got so many questions pause <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i hear talking about this and, and what i hear the most resounding is that community is important right and it is and, so important and that there's there's trauma that has to be dealt with um uh, and I know that you, you've talked and you've hinted at uh, being part of a, an SSA group. Uh, is there a place where if people are listening to this podcast right now and are, are struggling with SSA, is there a place where they can find a group like this that can get together and help each other? Or is there like a, like a national website that can like hook people in? Or is this something that you just found in your community that you guys um, have it, it was something so this is where it gets confusing because i don't know what i'm allowed to share because sure. of the last podcast sharing that yep. some of these people have received death threats right um i don't know what i am allowed to share sure. um but it this it's a group that is like nationwide okay um like it is a support group that is wanting to help people not it's a group that's that isn't labeling as we'll help you not be gay. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. But like it is a group that is 80s. like, we know your worth in God and right. we're here to help walk you with you. See that. Yeah. yeah. We want to walk with you. So let's, let's do it this way. Then let's say if you're out there right now, listening to this podcast, 
and you have this, you can reach out to Mark and I. Hey, mm-hmm. no questions asked. And we will get you in contact with Morgan. Yes. And then you guys can can discuss privately. Mm-hmm. And and that maybe that's the best way to handle it for anybody that's listening to this podcast. That we'll reach they can reach yep. out to us and we'll just forward them on to you. Does that sound good, Morgan? That I'm totally okay with it. Okay. Um that's one of the things that I'm I am trying to be more obedient in is being willing to talk to people that a um I haven't talked to pretty much anybody from the lifestyle that I knew when I was in the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know how to interact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, which is something that I've, I have struggled with coming to groups with, but now I'm at a place where I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I know who I am. I know what God has called me to, to do. And he has done a huge revelation in my life. Mm -hmm. Now I'm desperate for people to reach out. Um, I don't force people to talk to me, right? which is a key thing. Um, but if there's anybody that's listening to this podcast that like went between part one and two, that you just, something resonates that you have been there, that you have struggled with this. And there's not anybody that you feel like you can talk to, to receive counsel or guidance or encouragement or, or anything like, yeah, if they want to reach out to y'all and then you just forward them to me, I would be more than happy and be thankful and blessed that I'd be able to help pre uh, help give encouragement to those. Yeah. I mean, as, it's hard as a podcast and, and as Mark and I, I mean, we're dedicated to everyone's safety, right. To, and, and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're zero judgment, right. Cause we're sinners and we sin mm-hmm. and we're saved by grace and we have stories. And so for us, that's how, that's how we live and operate our ever everyday lives. Uh, but we want to protect you as well. You know what I mean? And I want to protect yeah, for sure. anybody. So I think that's the best way to transition it. We'll just keep, we'll be the middleman. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be the quarterback and we'll hand the ball off. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so so, yeah, so yeah. here's another segue question to start laying the plane a little bit too. So I know part of the whole conversation around same sex attraction. And I had to have a lot of these conversations with teens too, is the fact of sometimes you can't always control the same sex attraction. Mm. You just have to learn how to respond to it. Would you say that's an appropriate response to that thought process? Or how do you guys, with this group that you're a part of, with trying to understand your worth in God and not trying to find it in other places, how do you guys handle those types of thoughts? Because I know that's one <clears throat> rebuttal that's going through my head of someone might thinking, yeah, but what if what if even I go through this, I still deal with same-sex attraction. Like, it just doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. You don't just flip on a light switch and say, hey, I'm straight now. So, you know? um, fun fact, my wife is actually my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She has been through everything with my struggle. When I first started experiencing it in junior high or in high school to when I went into the lifestyle to when I came out of the lifestyle until this day, um, I still struggle with it. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's not as prevalent in my life mm-hmm. now, um, but it, is an alcoholic like does an alcoholic never struggle with drinking alcohol again? Right. Does does somebody who struggled with pornography not struggle with pornography again? Right. We need to remember that humanity is broken because of sin. We are we are broken from the image that God designed us in, and because we are still on this earth, we are going to struggle with our thorns. Peter talks about in in the books that he, uh, one of the books that he's written that he still had a thorn and he was still struggling with it. That that is something that he has had to struggle with through his whole ministry. Um, and something that I have, uh, had to do, um, I'm not going to say that I've been perfect ever since I've moved back. I've Mm -hmm. still struggled with watching gay pornography. 
But when I first moved back, mm -hmm. because my mind was going through a, a ref, ref, uh, reformation, I think that's a word. Is that a word? Reformation. Yeah, reformation. Yeah, reformation. Um, a reframing. I like using that one because I know yeah. I can say what that means. Right. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, mind change, even better, of the LGBT mindset into a godly mindset. Right. Um, I still struggled with it because... Um, it was a place of known. It was a place of comfort because that's what I'm used to. I'm not used to all this Christian stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so when I first moved back, um, I, I definitely still succumbed to my sin. But I think the thing is, is if for my situation, I would imagine um, my SSA attraction being um, a, a pen or a pencil. I'm trying to find a pen or a pencil um anyway um a pen or a pencil it is my decision whether i use that pen or if i don't use that pen does mm -hmm. that make sense mm -hmm. so even though i may still have the struggle it may be still something that i struggle with to this day um that thankfully my wife is super encouraging and is helping me with everything because now i'm in a different season of life of oh now i'm an ex-gay and i'm married to a girl what like it's a whole new <laughs> um but even to this day, like it, it is still a struggle, but I choose whether I'm going to let my sin control me. And, and if I act out on it, or if I trust God to know that he has a purpose for me and I don't need to give in to my sin. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because I think that's another argument that a lot of people make is whether, um, you are born gay or straight. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, God can do whatever he wants when it comes to you. He like the, it, it's up to him. God has explained in the Bible what, what he desires for us. Um, I had, I've gotten into a mindset of um, it's, it's uh, whether I, I'm not going to try and go into the argument of being born gay or straight because it, it, to me, it's it's futile because there's no reason for it. Because at the end of the day, it is still my conscious decision whether I'm going to act out on it or if I'm going to continue pursuing Christ. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that kind of goes into it as well. Is a person may still have that struggle, but they still have a decision whether they give into that struggle or trust God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a very long answer. No, I like that's it. beautiful answer though, bro. <laughs> well, you got another question. I'm all out of questions. So is there anything that, that you want to talk about or mention as we kind of wrap up our, our two part conversation that maybe we've missed or didn't get to ask you or you didn't, didn't, didn't get to talk about? Is there anything that something you would love to say that we did not tee you up for? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for teeing me up for that. You're welcome. I would, I would say it as an encouragement. Um, for people that are listening to the podcast, whether they're in the LGBTQ community, in the lifestyle, whether they are in the church and they are hiding this struggle um, and they're just bearing it deep down, um, I, I would I would say that you're not alone. The way that the enemy got me is that he isolated me and made me feel like there was nobody that I could talk to or that I could turn to and that I was disgusting for for having this struggle that I felt alienated mm -hmm. from it. <clears throat> um, and I would, I would say that in those moments 
that is the last thing that we should do, which is isolate ourselves. Right. Because if you look as an example that Jesus did with the 12 disciples, he was in consistent communication and communion with his disciples. There was never a moment where he, there, there wasn't a lot of moments where he wasn't with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that as an example should be how we should interact with people. Um, and to the people in the church, um, don't just give the pray the gay away answer. When someone comes up to you and they're like, I'm struggling with homosexuality or I'm struggling with same sex attraction. Don't just be like, Oh, it's okay. God can heal you. Like that. Yeah, that is 110% accurate. But in that moment where a person is broken and devastated that they are struggling with this, when the church doesn't talk about it, that's not the best answer that a person can give. The, the best answer that a person can give is no matter what you are struggling with, God still loves you. Mm-hmm. And we want to be there as you work through this with God. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that we're supposed to, we're called to bear each other's burdens. We're called to walk with each other. Uh, we're, we're also called to confess our sins one to another. And we have an advocate with the father, Christ, the Lord, who is before the throne of God, constantly day and night praying on our behalf. We also have the Holy spirit who prays on our behalf and, and, and that's how we should interact with each other. Right. This is why mm-hmm. Mark and I always talk about find your tribe, right? Find those, that, that group of godly people that you can surround yourself with, that you can talk about anything with a, a kind of like a judgment, judgment free zone. Right. And planet mm-hmm. fitness, baby. And it's, it's, it's just a, Hey, listen, we can share and we can pray and we can laugh and we can cry. And we can live life together. And it's hard. It's hard to find those groups, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. It really is. But the minute that a person finds that group, man, everything changes. Yeah. Like that's what happened with me. Um, I was in between churches and I connected with this one guy who, man, this is, this is a guy that I will always stand up for. He is my homie. I love him to death. Um, he introduced me to his church. Um, and ever since I started going to that church, it's different. Mm. I have a whole new group of people that I talk to. Um, uh, granted, I, I don't talk to a lot of them as much just because life has gotten busy, but there right. is still a key group of people that I still talk to, that they still check up on me, that they still say, hey, how are you doing? Where are you at with your struggle? Or, hey, how is your marriage going? Because yeah. that is something that my wife and I have talked to them about, that it was hard during our first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are super consistent, and they hold us accountable. And it was never a, oh, you struggled this week? It's oh, It's always been a well, we're glad that you were able to pick yourself back up. Right. You know, so yep. definitely community is one of the biggest, one of the biggest helps yep. uh, personally that I experienced. That's awesome. Well, dude, Morgan, dude. Morgan, thank you so much for basically two, two hours, hours of content, bro. Of your time. We appreciate it. I really hope that these past uh, two episodes have encouraged people, have helped people. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm encouraged by it. Right. And, and uh, I love hearing testimonies. Um, and I really love hearing your redemption stories. Thank you so much for being on. And I'm sharing not allowed to say us. I have a favorite guest. No, he's not. <laughs> he because I've had other best yeah, friends. Don't show uh, well, favoritism. Well, well, every, I have to say I have one favorite guest because she became my wife. 
So I have okay. to say uh, I have one well, favorite. Okay, that know, I can that's allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> but, that, yeah, I, I I would be offended if it wasn't your favorite. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we we've banned him from having favorite because he's like, oh, that's my favorite guest. Oh wait, no. Now this is my favorite guest. I'm like, dude, stop saying that. Everybody, people, man. Everybody's your stories. favorite guest. So we love everybody, but we we really really do appreciate your time, Morgan. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story and opening up your heart. Um, Thank to, you for having me. It's yeah. I am super thankful for the opportunity. It's, I'm I'm still like in shock that it's actually happening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. It's, it awesome. feels just kind of like a Zoom call right now. Well, like, that's I'm just way, I mean, that's way man. We're chilling, you know. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Real conversations, right? Just come on and I mean, have only three thousand people will download this. So don't, yeah, don't worry. No, no big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> now now yeah. you made him nervous. But before we go, we got. I mean, at this point, there's nothing I can do. I see it live. You're recording. You're right. Exactly. You're stuck. Right. Well, hey, let's end this episode. Let's do some fun facts and get out of here. That sounds good. Time for fun facts with February. <laughs> All right, my dude. So you had to pull kids a. F- those are, but they are super adorable sounding. They're, they're my kids. Is, yep. They sound super adorable. That's from they, season they one. Season season two? season two. That was from season like two. Two years ago. Yeah. I think Piper was three. So my, I got a six-year-old, an almost five-year-old, and an almost four-year-old now. So Shiloh was just born. I remember when that kid was... Dude, that's wild. So it was like four years four. ago. Yeah. yeah. That's so wild. yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, today's fun fact. Did you guys know that broccoli contains more protein than a lot of meats, including steak? Huh? Yeah. No, you're muted. Nope. Hey, nope. You- nope. <laughs> No, nope, you can't tell a Texas boy that broccoli is better than steak. Hey, man, so all them cows you guys be butchering down in Texas, broccoli contains dude, more protein. Dude, than that's, that's where my dad's from. Don't be making so fun of it. It's just another reason to add more green vegetables to your menu sometimes. I'm just no. You are not allowed to bash meat in front of me. <laughs> I am a diehard Southern Texan. We love our steaks. We love our barbecue. Yes, we love our I love it. I will not tolerate it. He's I like, love it. blasphemy. <laughs> I love it. No, dude. So my, my, I mean, a sinner! I gotta say is now, my dad was from Beaumont, Texas. South, like, Southeast Texas. And uh-huh, then, uh-huh. you know, uncle moved to uh, Houston, the Woodlands area. And so, like, my my family, all we ate was meat and potatoes. Every Listen, freaking meal, meat if and I potatoes. Could eat, if I could have steak and mashed potatoes and not gain weight, I'd be happy with that. But my problem is my waistline. You, you technically can. It's portion control, sir. But you don't understand. When it comes to steak and mashed potatoes, I ain't Come got no now. control. No, I understand. No, no, no. I, I'm, not really, I'm not using that statement. I'm saying it is possible. But I With agree. God, See, all things are possible, baby. That's shoot. what we learned. So here's my thing. I just kind of want to go and be like, hey, can I have a little bit of transubstantiation here? Which you know, tra- trans or no tra- transmutation. That that's what I. And You're go, getting weird now. Faller. And go, hey, can this can this broccoli be steak but still have the benefits of broccoli? <laughs> like I've seen TikToks of people like having this huge cauliflower, um, and then cooking it and, and seasoning it like a steak, and it comes out like steak. Uh, it's not. I feel it's the same way, but steak. hey, it's possible. <laughs> it's not steak, bro. <laughs> that's just weird. That's just weird. That's probably been the most hilarious fun fact ever. Where we just turned your, we turned your fun fact on its head and said, "Get that crap out of here." <laughs> it, 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 
Satan be gone. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, guys, I hope you guys have enjoyed the last two weeks of hanging out with Morgan. If you have any questions about the, the whole conversation we had about today, don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram, Facebook, and the Facebook group, on the website, text, email, all the dang places. You know yep. where to go. RealtalkChristianPodcast.com is your one-stop shop for all the things. And if you haven't already, go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification Boom. so you can see Morgan in his awesome Batman hat. I'm Pretty just dope. saying, like, it's the best thing I should, ever I, I, I should have worn a hat today i mean i actually did you, my hair today you are a non-hat wearing person i love my fresh good sir. i love fresh you do look okay. i woke up 30 minutes before i had to be over here to do the podcast <laughs> so i needed to i didn't have time to do my hair yeah so i'm still growing my hair out from shaving it for a friend going through cancer so i mean it's mm. it's a there is no doing my hair i went right to now. a real grown man barbershop <laughs> for the first time ever so i'm loving it but hey morgan thanks again for being on and and joining us on this uh past two weeks of podcast uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, hey, you should probably jump in the uh, Facebook group if you haven't already, Morgan, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions. Have you, sure. hope. have you joined the Facebook group yet, the community page? I I have not. Accountability is in session. Give me two seconds. Accountability so is in session. if anybody's listening, Morgan will be on the Facebook group. Go over there if you got any additional questions you want to ask, and that's another place you could reach out and say hi to them. We so, all talk Christian podcast community? Yeah. Yes. I joined. Bam. Boom. There it All is. Right. All right. Just like always, guys, leave a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us get into the ears of other listeners and share an episode that you love with a friend. We love you guys. Come back. Same time, same place next week. But until then, take it easy. I threw you off. You did. <laughs> <laughs>